Hello and welcome to The Quiz Kids from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Quiz Kids, brought to you by the makers of Alka-Seltzer. Alka-Seltzer for headaches. Alka-Seltzer for acid indigestion. Alka-Seltzer for cold distress. Yes, when these occasional ailments make you miserable, take Alka-Seltzer for really fast, really effective relief. And now attention, Quiz Kids, here's today's first question. Where would you go to find this species of pig? The Hamas Alabamas. Yes, there it is, the first puzzler for our board of young experts. You folks there at home will have time to give us some thought while the youngsters here in our classroom get ready for roll call. And now, here they are, the Quiz Kids! Now, here is Teacher. He's just finished polishing the last big red apple on his desk. And here he is with a big, happy smile on his face, our chief quizzer himself, Joe Kelly! Thank you, Tom Moore, and hello, everyone. We're happy to have so many of you listeners attending school this afternoon here in radio's famous classroom of the air. This reading, writing, and arithmetic session promises to be an interesting one. As usual, it will be competitive, and because our program is entirely unrehearsed, it is always unpredictable. And now, before we call class to order, let's look ahead for just a moment to next Sunday. As you know, it will be Mother's Day, and we will have a special board of quiz kids here in class to compete with their own mothers. That certainly should make an exciting day in school, and I know you'll want to hear this program to find out which side will win. But now let's get on to the business at hand. It's time for roll call, children. Joel? I'm Joel Copperman. I'm 11 years old in the Pied Mantle in the Volta School. Lonnie? I'm Lonnie Lundy. I'm 12 years old and in the seventh grade at Lincoln School in Park Ridge, Illinois. David? I'm David Prohaska. I'm 11 years old and May Day at the Burns School, Chicago. Naomi? I'm Naomi Cooks. I'm 9 years old and in the 6th grade at the Grover Cleveland School, Chicago. And making his first appearance in class, we have the winner of the Chicago Sun-Times Quizdown program, another David. I'm David Greenstein, age 10, uh, 5A, Kilmer School, Chicago, Illinois. All right, fine. Now back to that first question, kids, from Mrs. Mary Andrews of Pompano, Florida. Where would you go to find this species of pig? The Hamas, Alabamas. We have four hands up. Naomi's hand was first. Naomi. Well, that would be dog patch because that's uh, Lil Abner's pig. That's right. Do you know the name of the pig? 
What's the name of the pig? Real quick. David? Salami. Huh? Salami. Is it salami or salami? I think it's salami or salami. Well, all right. No matter how you slice it, it's probably still salami. <laughs> all right, fine. Well, you uh, youngsters answered that one in a hurry and say, you know, I'll bet Mrs. Mary Andrews of Pompano, Florida is thinking that it's an easy way to win a fine Zenith Transoceanic portable radio, the most outstanding in its field today. You know, folks, that's the reward that Alka-Seltzer gives to every listener who sends us a question which is used on our program. If the quiz kids answer your question correctly, you get your fine Zenith Transoceanic standard shortwave portable radio in a handsome luggage case. If they miss your question, the reward is a magnificent 239.50 Zenith radio phonograph combination. Now this has the automatic record changer, the new Cobra tone arm, two FM bands, a luxury radio in every way. You'll be exceptionally proud of either Zenith radio, so send those questions along, folks. Send them to Quiz Kids Chicago. Mrs. George Meister of Cincinnati, Ohio says that on April 27, 1947, you correctly repeated a soldier's serial number. Two weeks later, and also five months later, you again told us the number. Today, it will be exactly one year since you were first asked this question. Can you still answer it correctly? Joe? RA1925599. That's right, absolutely. How do you like that? Oh, what a memory. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Oh, Joe, that's terrific. Yes, sirree, what a memory. Well, here we go with more questions. Mrs. S.C. Duke of Sulphur, Oklahoma, points out that in a number of cases, the first letter of three adjacent states spell a word when put together in the right order. Now, the first letter from each of which three adjacent states spells tag, T-A-G. Lonnie? That would be uh, Tennessee, Alabama, Georgia. That's right. Tennessee, Alabama, and Georgia. Correct. <laughs> now, the first letters of which adjacent states spell can. C-A-N. C-A-N. All right, Lonnie, again. Colorado, Arizona, and Nevada. That's right. Absolutely. Yes, sir. <laughs> Uh, David? It could be California, Arizona, and Nevada. Uh, it certainly could. That's right. There were three or four different angles there. Uh-huh. So you gave me two of them. Well, fine, kids. We're just scooting along here. Now, here's a doozer of a question from Sarah Hobson of Mount Carmel, Pennsylvania. What modern composer of popular tunes plays only by ear and is said to write all his songs in the key of... Lonnie? Well, uh, I know that Irving Berlin plays by uh, ear, but he certainly doesn't write all uh, his songs in that uh, key that was just played. What key was that, son? Well, uh, it, was a, it was a chime that was playing it. Well, what uh, note was it? Well, uh, a chime is sort of a double note. They were F sharp and A, which would probably make it the key of D. You say they have sort of a double note. Well, well yeah, How so can they can play with an orchestra if they do? Well, you can hear... Uh, I don't know whether well, it's let's listen to it just once songs. more. Let's have it again. All right, Lonnie. Well, that well, that would be G flat then. It would be G flat or or F sharp. Or F sharp. That's right. And you gave me the correct answer in the first place. Irving Berlin 
is the answer. And he does write all of his songs in the key of F sharp R, as you said, G flat. Well, so far, so good. And now, before we consider this next question, here is Tom Moore. I've noticed that in many families, the hour for that big Sunday dinner is set for early afternoon, around 1 o'clock or so. It's usually a leisurely meal. And be honest now, friends, don't you often eat more than you should? Maybe right now you're feeling a little uncomfortable and wishing that you hadn't had that second piece of cake. Well, you know, you don't have to let that stuffy, uncomfortable feeling of acid indigestion spoil your Sunday afternoon. Here's the thing to do. Get out your package of Alka-Seltzer. Drop one or two tablets into a glass of water, listen to it fizz, then drink the pleasant-tasting effervescent solution this makes. Yes, just see how soon Alka-Seltzer helps you to ease the upset, jittery feeling in your stomach, how effectively it acts to reduce excess gastric acidity. We promise you fast relief, and that's really what you get with Alka-Seltzer because it's already dissolved when you drink it and is therefore ready to go right to work on your stomach distress. Make it a point never to be without Alka-Seltzer in your home. Now remember, you can get it in either 30 or 60 cent size packages at any drugstore. And when those tablets get down to four, that's the time to buy some more Alka-Seltzer. All right, Tom Moore. Now, kids, back to questions. Most sports fans know that President Taft started the custom of having the president throw out the first ball of the major league season each year. But Mrs. Joseph Lee Berry of New York City was amazed to find that Grover Cleveland pitched four one-hit games in one year. Can you explain it for her, Lonnie? Well, the Grover Cleveland was Grover Cleveland Alexander, who p was pitching for the Philadelphia Phillies in 1915 and threw four one-hit games. That's right, Lonnie. Good boy, yes, sir. Grover Cleveland Alexander, one of the base one of baseball's greatest pitchers. Now, here's an opera question from Mrs. C.L. Erickson of Whiting, Indiana. If you had to choose between being the bride in the opera, The Bartered Bride, or The Bride in Lohengrin, which would you choose to be and why? Lonnie? Well, I wouldn't want to be, I don't know much about The Bartered Bride, but I know that Lohengrin was disappointed because uh, uh, Lohengrin had to leave her because uh, she asked the... Uh, where he came from and what his name was. So I take it, I'd had rather to leave be the whom, bride. Uh, had to leave whom? Uh, Elsa. Elsa, that's right. And so I take it, I'd rather be the bride or the bartered bride because I know that Lohengrin wasn't a happy bride. Uh-huh. Well, let's see if we can clear this up a little bit, Naomi. Well, I'd rather be uh, the bride and the bartered bride because Elsa died at the end of the opera. That's right, in, uh, in Lohengrin. And uh, then what happened to uh, uh, Marie, the bride in the Bartered Bride? Uh, she married, of course, and uh, whom did she marry, Joe? Well, she married her, uh, uh, the one she loved, Hand, you see. Uh, he uh, uh, arranged uh, with a man that, uh, the man gave him some money, and he arranged to have her married to a certain man's only son, but one of uh, the, a certain man's son, but he turned out to be that man's a long-lost son, so uh, he married her after all. Yes, so he did. So she was yes. happy. Yeah, he certainly did. Uh-huh, yeah. So that would be a very wise choice because she married Hans, the man she truly loved, and they lived happily ever after. Now, if you had to choose between being the prisoner in Fidelio or the prisoner in Salome, which would you choose, Joel? Well, the prisoner in Salome got beheaded what was his name, by the uh, way? John, John the Baptist. John and the Baptist. he got beheaded, and the uh, prisoner in Fidelio was uh, uh, rescued by his wife, Leonora. That's right. Absolutely. What was his name, by the way? Uh, I 
think you it's... think of it? It's beside the point. I thought maybe you could. Starts with an F. Fidelio, wasn't it? No, no. no. That was the name that his wife Francisco? assumed. Huh? Francisco? No, Florestan. Oh. Uh-huh. All right. Well, so far, so good. Say, we're just going right along here. Uh, Miss Effie Miles of San Diego, California, says that of the 56 signers of the Declaration of Independence, there are quite a number whose given names may be found in the Bible. Can you think of five? <coughs> Can you think of five? David uh, Prohaska. John Hancock. What did you say? John Hancock. Yeah, that's one. Uh-huh. Lonnie? I believe John Adams signed. John it. Adams, that's and two. That, that could be both John and Adam. Uh, well, Adam and <laughs> yes, yes, it's good. You're pretty sharp there, Lonnie. Naomi? Benjamin Franklin. Benjamin Franklin, uh-huh. That's three. And uh, Joel? Well, I was thinking of uh, Benjamin Franklin. Oh, you were. Lonnie again. Thomas Jefferson. What's that? Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson, yes. Well, you've really given me five, excepting uh, uh, Adams, for uh, Adam, like you said a while ago. And uh, David Prohaska, do you have another one? No, I, I, well, I didn't have my hand up. I see. Well, you've given me uh, just what I asked for, so we can go right along. Some more questions. Anna E. Donnelly's question from St. Louis, Missouri, combines music with quotations from Shakespeare. Howard Peterson will play selections which should suggest a famous Shakespearean quotation. Now, you are to identify the music and then see if you can recite the quotation the title suggests. <laughs> Naomi? Well, that's manana, and manana. that would be tomorrow. Tomorrow. from Shakespeare. From, uh, from what? Uh, from Macbeth. Macbeth. Can you quote a little of yes. it? Uh, all right. Tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow creeps in this petty pace from day to day to the last syllable of recorded time, and all our yesterdays have lighted fools the way to dusty death. Out, out, brief candle. Life's but a walking shadow. That's wonderful. That's just wonderful. That's very, very good, Naomi. Now let's see if we can get this next one. Lonnie? Well, isn't that called the butterfly? No. No. Ah, Joe. Is that the flight of the bumblebee? No. No. David Prohaska had his I, I I was thinking of the fight of the bumblebee also. You are. Well, you're, I, I want to say that you're warm. Uh, Joel? The bat, I believe. No. <laughs> no? Something about uh, Well, if I think it, it has to do with some uh, fast-moving creature. I think it is a bee at that, but uh, it's not the flight of the bumblebee. No, I it isn't the flight of the bumblebee. Uh, Howard, let's have it. It's the bee by Schubert, isn't it? I think it's just playing the B, isn't That's it? That's right. Schubert? It's, it's the bat that Joe said with the A-T off, with leaving the B. <laughs> That's what it is. It's the B, so the quotation would... Uh, uh, Naomi? Would that be Hamlet's soliloquy? Well, uh, can you uh, yes. let us pass on? To be or not to be, that is the question. Whether it is nobler in mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune or to take arms against the sea of trouble and by opposing... How do you like that? That's terrific. <laughs> 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 to be or not to be, that was some question. <laughs> and you really answered it very nicely, too. Now, this question is from 14-year-old Bernard Roth of Zanesville, Ohio. 
Now, uh, suppose Brooklyn leads the National League and New York is in fifth place while St. Louis is midway between them. If Boston is ahead of New York and Cincinnati is immediately behind St. Louis, which city is in second place? Now, there's one to unravel. Joel? Could you repeat the question, please? <laughs> I certainly can. Yes, sir. So, now, listen. Suppose Brooklyn leads the National League and New York is in fifth place while St. Louis is midway between them. If Boston is ahead of New York and Cincinnati is immediately behind St. Louis, which city is in second place? Lonnie. Boston is Boston, in second place. Boston, that's right. Absolutely right. Yes. Well, tell me... Uh, uh, what, uh, what team in the National League is really in second place? Lonnie? New York Giants. Uh, what? Uh, I think they are. No. I know Brooklyn. Uh, wait a second. Who is leading now? Huh? Or no, the New oh, York I'm Giants. Oh, I'm leaving. I'm terribly sorry. I was looking at first place here. The Pittsburgh Pirates. New York Giants is correct. I'm very sorry, Lonnie. My well, mistake. Well, now I think I'm wrong. Huh? Uh, now I think I'm wrong. No, I you're think, not. Oh, is New York in second? New York Giants, sec second place. <laughs> oh, I thought they were in first. <laughs> well, I was thinking that I asked you first place, but in the second place I didn't. Oh, what am I talking about? <laughs> well, anyway, let's talk about the weather now. Uh, Jesse Kimball of Atlanta, Georgia, points out that the higher the sun is in the sky, the more heat we get from it per hour. That on this part of the earth, the sun is highest in the sky on June 21st, and in addition to that, we have more hours of sunlight on June 21st than on any other day of the year. Then why is it hotter in August than in June? Joel? Well, uh, because we have no more hours of sunlight doesn't mean the sun's hotter, and I think in August, uh, I think that's... Uh, I think that's the autumn equinox, and that's when uh, the sun's rays are more direct, I think. No, no, I'm sorry, Joel, that is not the answer. Shall I, uh, you give up on this one? This is really a tough one, kids. Well, uh, Lonnie? Well, uh, I'm not sure about the details of this, but I know that on June 21st, the sun is over the Tropic of Cancer. Well, it may, I'm not sure of this, but it may move into a, a belt, which would... Uh, and on its way back to the Tropic of Capricorn where, when it arrives on December 21st that uh, makes the rays hotter or something. Well, now, wait a minute. I'm, I'm going to have to tell you the answer to this. Uh, it's hotter in August than it is in June because the Earth has accumulated more heat by August and it has been absorbing heat more than it has been losing it. During the summer months, the days are longer and the nights shorter, so the Earth, instead of losing the heat during the night, which it gained in the day, it accumulates more warmth. Well, we're going to have to uh, call that a miss. That's what it was, yes, sir. And we're giving away a big radio. This time, Jesse Kimball of Atlanta, Georgia, will receive a beautiful 239.50 Zenith radio phonograph combination from the makers of Alka-Seltzer. Well, all right, children, and now then, we'll take a brief rest while Tom Moore takes over. You know, friends, we always suggest that you keep a package of Alka-Seltzer where you work as well as at home. And here's an office scene that points out one good reason for this suggestion. Listen. Buzz, buzz, buzz. That's all I've heard from that boss of mine today. I'm telling you, when that guy has a headache, you can have this job. Why don't you make a suggestion to him? And have him throw an inkwell at me? Not on your life. I just keep as quiet as I can when he's like this. Yeah. Here, hand him this and see if it won't help change that mood of his. A bottle of Alka-Seltzer. 
See, that could do the trick all right. And if it does, it'll be thanks to you. Thanks to Alka-Seltzer, you mean. I always keep a package of Alka-Seltzer in my desk. And there you have a really smart girl. Yes, friends, to take care of those occasions when a headache or an acid stomach upset might slow you down at work, have a package of Alka-Seltzer handy. Keep it in your desk or locker. Next time you go to your drugstore for Alka-Seltzer, make it two packages instead of one. Take one home as usual and take the other to your place of business. Or always remember, an extra package of Alka-Seltzer on hand means quick relief at your command. Well, kids, here's a question from Bernard Weiler of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, that you may find easy, but I warn you now, there's a second part to it. First, who won the mile-and-a-quarter derby yesterday, and what was the winner's time? Lonnie? Well, I, I know the winner was Citation. Citation, but correct. I couldn't tell you the time. You, you can't tell me the time? David? Uh, I think the time was uh, two minutes, two... Uh, and uh, two-tenths seconds. No, no, you're a little off on that, David. Pretty close, though. Joel? Two minutes uh, two uh, and two-fifths seconds, I believe. No, no. Lonnie? Oh, this isn't too good. But the time that the, der- that the race started was 4.30 in Louisville. <laughs> <laughs> now, wait a minute, Lonnie. <laughs> well, Joel? Two minutes, five and two-fifths seconds. That's correct. That's right. Uh-huh. Now then... Uh, uh, who was the jockey, by the way? What was his name? Oh, look at all ahead, all together now. Eddie Arroyo. That's right. <laughs> How many miles per hour did uh, Citation travel? And since you must do this without paper and pencil, I'll accept an approximate answer correct within three miles per hour. Joel? Well, uh, two minutes, uh, five and two fifths seconds, that's 125 and uh, two fifths seconds. And uh, let's see, so four-fifths of a mile and a quarter is a mile, four-fifths of 125 is 100, and four-fifths of two-fifths is uh, a, a twenty-fifths, so it would be 108 twenty-fifths, or approximately a mile and 100 seconds, and there's 3,600 seconds in an hour, so it would be 36 times a mile, 36 miles per hour approximately. Well, approximately, yes. Uh, it would be uh, slightly under. The precise answer is 35.885, or even uh, more precisely, 35. <laughs> or even more precisely, 35 and uh, 555, uh, 627th. So, Joel, you were off only about one-tenth of a mile per hour. That's very, very, very good. Avis Leone of this city has been working on a question for a month to try to stop you quiz kids. And here it is. And I think you'll agree with me that it's a dandy. Now, you're supposed, uh, you are to suppose that a composer tried to write an original waltz but could think of nothing new, so he just took the opening bars from three well-known symphonies changed the tempo to waltz time, and ended up with what you are about to hear. See if you can distinguish the symphonies used. about the first one, but the second one was Beethoven's Fifth, and the last one was Schubert's Unfinished. Uh, Now, wait a minute. Uh, You've given me two correct ones here. You say the second one was Beethoven's Fifth? Well, maybe the first one. I think there was one. 
I think Beethoven's fifth was in there, and I know the last was Schubert's Unfinished Symphony. Well, that's right. Could, and could, could you repeat yeah, it, Yeah, let's have it again, the Howard, please. All right, Lonnie. Oh, now I know. The first one is Beethoven's fifth. The second one is Franck's D minor symphony in D minor, and the third one is Schubert's symphony number eight in B minor, the Unfinished Symphony. The Unfinished Symphony, that's right, that's correct. scored very nicely on that, Lonnie. That, that's very, very difficult, uh-huh. Well, now, Earl Miller of San Francisco, California, wants uh, you kids to complete this scientific rhyme. Listen now. I have ten neutrons, but I'm no dope. I'm just an oxygen. Uh, what rhymes with dope now, Lonnie? Isotope. Isotope, that's right, uh-huh. Say, uh... What, uh, just what is an isotope? Uh, uh I, mean, I better let David explain that. David Prohaska, all right, David. An isotope is, uh, is, is uh, a form of another element found in minute quantities in nature and usually radioactive. Uh-huh, yeah. Well, now, uh, of course, I, uh, I think maybe you might be just a little off the beam on that. Would you like to try that again, David? Well, it's a, uh, a, a, a form of another element... Uh, it's, it's found in minute quantities with the element it's, itself. Uh, it has a different atomic weight, and it's almost always radioactive. Well, uh, you know, uh, I've been reading up on it all week myself, and uh, <laughs> I'm still not sure just what it is. I, I just wanted to see if uh, you kids could explain. Uh, Joe, what were you going Isn't to say? Isn't it an isolated atom of an uh, element? Well, uh, no, no, I... Uh, I, I, I don't think so. As a matter of fact, I'm sure it isn't because I didn't see that where I was reading. <laughs> well, of course, that's, uh, that isn't uh, really the, uh, a real part of the question. I thought I'd throw that in there see, so we could clear it up, but uh, we didn't do so well on it. Well, now, this is leap year, kids, and uh, the girls are supposed to ask the boys for dates. Mildred Stevens of Tulsa, Oklahoma, says that some girls don't know what to say when they want to ask a boy for a date. So, can you give them uh, some suggestions, uh, that is, you know, give them some hints as to uh, just what approach might be successful, you know, diplomatically, and uh, who would like to start this off? Joel? Well, uh, could he come for me with the dates uh, Saturday night, 10 o'clock? Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> oh, quick like that, huh? I see. Uh, are you, you supposed to be doing that over the telephone? Yeah. Well, you hung up there real quick, you know. Mm -hmm. I'll, you'd wait for your answer, of course, oh, wouldn't yeah. you? All right, Lonnie. Well, I don't want well, to take your no uh, Oh, you don't want to take your chances? <laughs> well, if, uh, if the girl didn't like him, he could say, well, I'd love to go out with you and all that, but I'm having a, uh, a couple of girls over here, and we're going to play bridge, and uh, I'm afraid I can't go out with you. And like that. Oh, just like that, huh? Well... I don't know. That would be very much help. Uh, we're trying to uh, help somebody here. David, uh, perhaps... Well, uh, then there's the quiet approach. Uh, I'd, uh, I'd like you to go out with me Saturday night if it wouldn't be too much trouble. <laughs> well, now, how could anybody turn that down, huh? That's, uh, that's all right. That's very good. And uh, Naomi? Well, the girl could say, well, you know, this is leap year, and... Uh, I haven't got a date for Saturday night. Um, could you happen? Could you uh, take me out? 
Well, I think that was nicely done. Uh-huh. And uh, David uh, Greenstein? Uh, well, the girl comes up to the boy and says, how about a... Go ahead, go ahead. How about a date uh, Saturday night? says, I can be there. How about you? Well, say, that's all right, too, David. Well, there's the old school bell. Class is over for today, children. It's time now for the judges to get busy and give us a report on your schoolwork. Uh, they'll have your grades for you in just a minute. Meanwhile, here is an important message for mothers. Mothers, are you having trouble getting your children and your family to take their vitamins every day? Try giving them one-a-day brand multiple vitamin capsules. Each one-a-day brand multiple capsule contains all the vitamins for which the amount needed for grown-ups and children has been established. What's more, one capsule every day is all they take. And one-a-day brand multiple vitamin capsules are low in cost. A full two-month supply for only $2. Ask your druggist for one-a-day brand vitamins, good for growing children and adults. Remember, for vitamins the easy way, for vitamins the thrifty way, the brand you want is one a day. All right now, children, the judges have finished adding up the scores, and here are your report cards. But remember now, whether you win or lose, you all receive a $100 savings bond from the makers of Alka-Seltzer to help you with your future education. Here's the verdict. The judges report that our entire class missed one question this afternoon. Lonnie is first, Joel second, and Naomi third. That means you three will be back in school two weeks from today. I say two weeks because, as I told you earlier this afternoon, we're having a special board of quiz kids next Sunday on Mother's Day. That board will consist of Patrick Conlon, Naomi Cook, Mike Mullen, and Joel Copperman. These youngsters will bring their mothers to school to compete with them. And confidentially, I think you can count on a surprise, too, friends. So be sure to listen, won't you? Until next, next Sunday, then, this is Joe Kelly dismissing the quiz kids. Goodbye, kids. Goodbye, Goodbye Mr. Joe Kelly. Listen to the Quiz Kids every week and listen to Alka-Seltzer's News of the World every Monday through Friday over most of these NBC stations. This is Tom Moore speaking. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.